did I mess it up again? Posner or Posner? Yeah, Posner. Pos- okay, it. I thought I had it, yeah. Um, so I'm an idiot. In my mind, in my sleep-deprived mind, I had just been associating, I don't know why, I did this once in, in college where I where I was sure that D-Day was June 4th, not June 6th. And emailing you this last week, I was like, we're going to do a Monday 1123 episode for JFK's assassination. Then I was like, it dawned on me yesterday. I was like, no, the three is from 63. It's 22. And I was like, I'm such a moron. <laughs> no, no, that was so fabulous because, you know, I didn't even like ask you and say, by the way, the 22nd is the anniversary because I just assumed <laughs> that you only do podcasts like Monday to Friday. You nope. don't do them on Sundays for some reason. So I thought, okay. And as a matter of fact, there were some people who did podcasts with me this year for the assassination on other days yeah. because they just don't happen to do them on Sunday. I so I get it. The, the assassination <laughs> fell on a bad day for podcasts. I do podcasts every day of the week. I did two yesterday. And it, yeah, all right. I made a post on, on my on my Reddit for my podcast. And I was like, have it on this guy and he's going to come on for the uh, 23rd. And I, it wasn't until I looked at it. I guess I just haven't been sleeping enough. I looked at a comment yesterday and it says, yeah, first question. Uh, I thought the assassination was on the 22nd. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> And I just figured you were just being kind. And we're like, sure, we'll do it Monday. So I'm an idiot. So, but Mr. Posner, Posner, damn it. Sorry. uh, Author of Case Closed. And I I finished it this past week or yesterday, last night. And I, uh, I emailed you and my first thoughts were Lee Harvey Oswald is, I mean, aside from just, you know, killing a beloved president, killing a president. What an asshole, just in general. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, you know, as a matter of fact, it's very interesting because you you haven't read other assassination books. But if you read assassination books that say there's a conspiracy in the case, there's, you know, the big plot and everything else. The amazing thing, Tommy, is they don't really talk about Oswald. No. He becomes a stick character, this guy who, you know, you just get a feeling, oh, it's impossible for him to pull off the assassination because he's not that clever, not that bright, not a great shot. So how could he have done it? But the one thing you know from reading about Oswald is he's also so unreliable, so into his own world, that no plotter, no big conspiracy could ever rely on a guy like him to pull the whole thing off. You know, nobody's going to do a plot with him because he is definitely on his own. He is and that and you're and you're absolutely right because and I'm someone that that leans towards the fantastic and I and I I'm someone that wants to believe right of whatever it is and listening to your book which will be available in the the top comment and in the description it's fantastic is go into it and it's the I remember at first I was just thinking I was like okay we're going on Oswald we're going on Oswald and as the book progressed I was like when are we going to get to the assassination but then I realized I was like oh the importance is you understand who this guy is. And as it goes on, you don't even need to make the argument. Just listening to it, you start to conclude on your own. This guy couldn't hold a job for more than 10 days. This guy couldn't tie a shoe. Well, that's not true. That's that's exaggeration. This guy was nuts. He was grandiose, delusions of grandeur, thought he was the best thing ever. Just, well, I'm going to move to Cuba. I'm going to move to Russia. I'm going to move back. Beat the shit out of his wife, slapped his pregnant wife alcoholic this dude was nuts you know but okay so 
but not every okay and he has this like terrible childhood you get that we have yeah, a psychiatrist yeah, yeah. that looks at him when he's a kid and yeah. thinks he has these dangerous acting out personality traits he goes into the marines thinking he follows his brother thinking that's going to change sure. his life and make it better sure. it's an unmitigated disaster people think he's gay they throw him in the shower they call him mrs oswald when he you know goes over to the soviet union and defects he thinks he'll be greeted as a hero and they say get lost and he tries to kill himself and then they move him out to this little provincial capital in Minsk. Where by the time he leaves the Soviet Union and comes back to the United States, you're right, he's he's just somebody who is this like loser in life, but not everybody in his situation is going to turn to political assassination. Yeah. And it's not like he has committed himself to doing that, you know, months before Kennedy no. is killed, as you find out in the book, yeah. from trying to kill this right-wing army general, retired yeah. army general, Edwin Walker. So. You know, Kennedy's just the bigger name on uh, mm-hmm. that comes up on the pl- silver platter to him. But I think that, you know, when you say you like to believe in the fantastic in that, I because I conclude in the end from this book that Oswald alone killed Kennedy doesn't mean I don't believe that there were conspiracies brewing against the president. There were clearly conspiracies right. against him. Look, if today you had a political assassination on President Trump, or you had had one when President Obama was in office, you'd, if you knew who the shooter was, you then have to figure out whether they're doing it for themselves or they're doing it as part of a plotter for somebody else. Are they inspired by um, uh, people who are Islamists? Are they inspired by people who are anti-American, who are anti-abortion, pro-abortion, whatever? Sure. The same with Kennedy. There were mobsters and the mafia hated him because Kennedy's younger brother, Bobby, was attorney general and going after the mafia. There were people in the CIA upset. There were anti-Castro Cubans who were upset because Kennedy had abandoned them at the Bay of Pigs. Mm -hmm. There were all types of people that had a motive to want Kennedy dead. And I wouldn't be surprised, Tommy, if you were able to bring to me, let's say tomorrow, a tape recording in which a group of mafia guys sat around a table and said, let's get that no good president. We're going to kill him. The plots were brewing. Yeah. It's just that Oswald beat them to Kennedy. Yeah. They would have pinned a medal on him, but he just, we assumed that since he killed Kennedy, it was one of the plots that had him do it. But in fact, you know, he wasn't their boy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you had, yeah, you know, if some, if some whack, and I guess I w- wave to the Secret Service, I guess if some whack job just shot, uh, shot Trump today. That doesn't mean that the CCP hates him any less. It just right. might not mean that they're behind Bubba from downtown who is mentally unstable and got his hands on a gun and an open shot. Yeah, right? that's right. And and I think that, you know, one of the things, too, is that in political assassinations most of the time or in shootings even of celebrities like John Lennon or sure. that, that take place, we are accustomed as a country and worldwide to see somebody with a pistol running up to the person, shooting them, and then they get tackled at the scene. You Mm -hmm. know who the shooter is right away. In the case of Kennedy, it's the first time in modern American history, and one of the few times in modern American world history, where a rifle shot takes place from a long distance, so you don't see the assassin right away. You know, a long-term rifle shot on a moving target raises all the image of Hollywood, oh, paid assassins, Uh day of the assassins, and jackal. Then the assassin disappears in the immediate aftermath of the assassination. So you've got questions about, oh, the guy they catch a few hours later, really the right guy. Yeah. And and then two days later, he gets killed in Dallas police custody by a guy who looks like he's out of central casting <laughs> as a wannabe mobster. <laughs> yeah. right? you know, so no wonder people think that there's something wrong in this. I understand why people yeah. think there's a conspiracy. I used to think it was probably yeah. the mafia, so I get it. Yeah, no, and I, I will say, before, I, man, I, 
I have icing on my... I had a cookie right before this. I'm clearly beginning my Thanksgiving feast beforehand. I look like a moron. Um, but, yeah, no, it's... it's That's absolutely what it is, right? Because it's not, you know, it's not running up to Andrew Jackson and both pistols misfiring. It's not, you know, it's not firing at Reagan. It's not Gavrila Princip, right, going right up to Fran, uh, Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Right. It's none of... Right? It's from a distance. It's in this weird echo chamber of a plaza. It's three shots manages to yeah and then right vanishes and then yeah jack ruby who looks like he's out of a martin scorsese film like you know just like he looks like a wise guy he it's mm-hmm. like it's almost like it's almost like cheesy how much of a wise guy he, but you're right you go into it but after listening to your book and and i think that's maybe what it takes is you got to sit down and just listen to a 20 hour background 75% on oswald and 10% on Ruby, and you go, oh, it's this was just two crazy people. Yeah, and, and you know, so, and what you just said, Tommy, it's interesting because, you, you know, some people will say to me, okay, I can believe that there's like one real sociopath uh, in life that day in, in Dallas that weekend, but you mean to tell me the two of them crossed paths, you know, by coincidence on that Sunday? Yeah. I, and, and, and as you said, yeah, because this the assassination does not lend itself to a soundbite. So it's not like I can go on TV and people say, tell us in 30 seconds why it's Oswald alone, because you really need to understand Oswald and then Ruby to some extent to understand what happened. And and most people who are into the assassination as assassination researchers, they're focusing on what I call the things in in the assassination itself what about that crazy bullet they say the single bullet that uh, jumped all around what about kennedy was he shot from the front what about a grassy knoll shooter and for me that's all critically important the forensics the credit you know the evidence about ballistics but even if you come out of dealey plaza as i did after examining all the evidence with the view that kennedy was clearly shot from behind and that the only person who was shooting in dealey plaza that day who hit kennedy was shooting from behind you then have to determine who was the shooter and even if you determine it's oswald which i do you then have to find out was he part of a plot or doing it on his own so i always think that the ballistics of the assassination what happened in that plaza are only important if you can establish a second shooter. If you don't establish a second shooter, which the evidence doesn't show that, then you have to start asking the questions about, okay, who did it? If it's Oswald, what did he do it for? And then if Ruby killed him, was Ruby doing it as part of a plot or not? In the end, you know, the answers are pretty simple, but I think that for a lot of people, they just scratch their head and say, no, it's not possible. Yeah, no, and that's, I didn't think about it like that, right? It almost kind of seems like a, you know, who took who you know just like i just did my mom went out and i ate some of the thanksgiving cookies right and i can't let her watch this till after thanksgiving but it's like who took the cookies uh it was okay it was one of the boys it wasn't me so it must have been me and my brother well my brother was out of town uh it was it must have been the dog the dog died um but it's like this ballistics okay like irrefutable evidence okay from behind okay so it was oswald who was behind oswald okay no one was behind oswald Who's behind Ruby? And you just kind of, you start, you're just moving the goalpost till it's like, sometimes shit just happens. And you know, one of the things, and I think you see this in the book, to me, if you say, what's the most critical period, believe it or not, it's the, it's in late September, early October, when Oswald goes to Mexico City, because mm-hmm. he's trying to get down to what he thinks is now, you know, he's always changing yeah. the new revolution, it's going to be Castro, who's yeah. the greatest. So he's trying to get there. And, you know, he leaves New Orleans on a bus on, like, September 25th. 
That night is when the White House announces for the first time that Jack Kennedy is going to go to Texas for this tour. They don't even announce the cities yet. So but the point on that is he then gets, Oswald gets rejected in Mexico City in the next couple of weeks by the Soviets twice. He has to go to the Soviet mission to get it. And then he goes to the Cubans and they don't give him a travel permit to Cuba. If the Soviets and the Cubans had given him that travel permit to Cuba, he wouldn't have been in Dallas on November 22nd. He would have been down in Havana. So I doubt that anybody really thinks the Soviet mission and the Cuban mission in Mexico City were part of the plot, that they said no to Oswald so that he could go back to Dallas. And when he gets back to Dallas in early October, it's you have to let's assume he's going to be part of a plot. The plotters have to bring him into the plot. They, they didn't know Kennedy was going to be there until he returns to Dallas. So somebody has to reach out to him. They can't do it by telepathy. They have to telephone him. They have to get him. And he's living in a rooming house with other guys. And they all are you know, questioned after the assassination. He makes a telephone call once a day or every other day in a foreign language. That sounds really interesting until you find out he's talking to Russian to his wife who's living outside of Dallas who he visits regularly. He doesn't get any visitors. There's no telephone calls from the place that he ends up landing a job at through a friend to anybody unusual. Nobody shows up in a dark coat and a big hat mm-hmm. over his eyes and says, you know, try to bring you into the plot. So. The, the failure, in my view, to those who think it's a conspiracy, is to come up with just one iota of evidence that ties Lee Harvey Oswald into a group of plotters to kill Kennedy from early October to the time of the assassination, and there just isn't any. No, there isn't. And and to me, and it, it may sound like an obscure fact, but to me, what really, I'm not going to lie, like it, it sounds odd, but what put the nail in the coffin for me was the segment about his plan to hijack a plane, which isn't whatever, okay, D.B. Cooper, that happened later, but it still happened back then. Running around the apartment, jumping up and down off of furniture to train his leg muscles for the hide. To me, that was like, oh, he's he's insane. He's just yeah. insane. The, uh, or, or sitting on the uh, the porch in New Orleans yeah. and just operating the bolt action of his Mandelker Carcano yeah. rifle or that. You know what's so fascinating is that one of the things we're lucky about in history, and I view this as a historian or investigative reporter, what it, what's important to be able to determine, you know, you say you read this, you read the story, you listen to the story about Oswald, and you're convinced of what type of character he is, and the same with Ruby. But Oswald wasn't alone. He wasn't in a vacuum where he's on, on his own, you don't know what he's doing, and you have to sort of guess at it. He had, was with, you know, his wife, Marina, yeah. um, who later provided this testimony that was, you know, compelling and detailed. She's the one who talked about the Walker shooting when he tries to kill Edwin Walker. She's the one who knows about it. And there's even today, Marina has now come to the view that there's a conspiracy in the case because mm-hmm. not based upon what she knows, Tommy, based upon what people have told her. They've come to her and they said, you know, we think he really worked for the CIA. We think there was an imposter Oswald. We think that, you know, all these things from uh, like uh, Oliver Stone movie. And so she said, oh, that's interesting. Maybe there's a real plot here. But she hasn't changed one bit of her testimony of what she knows from her own firsthand experience. And her experience in recounting of the Lee Harvey Oswald that she knew is the guy that you can understand taking those shots at Kennedy on November 22nd, 63. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only, to be devil's advocate, like the only conspiracy I could see, it wouldn't be Oswald. It would be, let's say they wanted Kennedy dead. I don't know. I mean, just really loosely, maybe just schedule a bunch of open top motorcades through a lot of cities. I mean, that like, 
it, you know, that's pushing it. But like, that's like the only real justification I can come from is like maybe if we drive him through a lot of cities with a with a open air uh, convertible, maybe he'll shot. That's about yeah, the only know. yeah. I mean, I have no doubt that people celebrated Kennedy's death. Sure. You know, no doubt about that. He was a loved president, but there were also people that absolutely hated him. And uh, the uh, so I think that one of the things as well that happens on this is that it gets lost after the fact. Once Kennedy is dead, people go forward largely thinking that everything that would have happened in a Kennedy administration would have been perfect Mm -hmm. they see it from their own political prism Mm -hmm. so people that don't want vietnam say you know what he would have been smart enough to get us out of vietnam uh people that think he would have he would have done civil rights faster and broader than uh, than lbj did he everything in a kennedy administration would have been better and therefore there would have been no vietnam there'd be no watergate america would have been a happier place and as a result in that loss they can't quite believe that this just turned 24 year old sociopath, this loser in life was able to end all that possibility. Now, of course, it's guesswork about what a Kennedy administration would have been, but but still filling him with all the ideas that it would have been ideal and perfect is another reason you can't quite believe that it wasn't a massive conspiracy to get rid of him. Yeah, right, it's, yeah, and you always see that, right? Well, if if Gore had won, we never would have had 9-11. If McCain had won, we would have had a better Obamacare. If if Clinton had won, we wouldn't... Shoulda, coulda, woulda. And of course, if, right. we, if we had just elected the other person, we'd now be in utopia. But unfortunately, no, it doesn't... And you had one line in it that actually I would say above the whole flight hijacking. The one line that made me really think is... Is if you take the greatest evil, right... Six million Jews, not to mention all the gypsies and antisocials and homosexuals and Poles. But just let's just take six million Jews. A lot of people have died before, but no one has quite ever been uh, systematically an industrialized right. murder process, tattooing the numbers, getting the gold out of their teeth, putting them in the showers, like with trains and names. And that was so evil, right? So greatest evil ever, six million killed in a monotonous fashion. On the other side of the scale, well, what caused that? Just like you see a big asteroid impact. Oh, what must have taken out the dinosaurs? And then you find this in the Yucatan Peninsula. You go, that makes sense. Six million dead, women, children. Oh, it must be the Nazis. It balances out in your mind. Kennedy, you know, Camelot, him and Jackie just, you know, right out of a Norman Rockwell painting. And, and yeah, and we weren't going to go to Vietnam. He, he, well, and then what we, what can we say he did do is he sidestepped World War III from the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oswald drinking his wife's breast milk, running around in an apartment naked, jumping on sofas to practice hijacking a plane, had, had fake names to make his, uh, his, uh, Fair Play for Cuba committee seem bigger failed at his own suicide in in the Soviet Union man it doesn't it's not your your heart doesn't want that to be true right yeah oh absolutely look at it's very unsatisfying if you think you know this cheap rifle he he pulls off the assassination yeah by a bit of luck and 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 what you want and I get this completely a conspiracy yeah. if there had been if you add to the oswald part of the scale the fact that it was really in fact the russians the kgb the cubans the mafia the cia whatever you want 
it, there, it gives some meaning to Kennedy's death as though these great evil forces had to get together mm-hmm. in order to stop him. Um, and, and, and that's a more satisfying thing. I think the same thing happens on 9-11 with I was the truth. About to say, to yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they can't quite believe that, you know, the uh, 20 hijackers ended up uh, pulling off this successful hi- uh, hijacking of these planes and two brought down the towers and one hit the Pentagon. That's not enough for them. They have to believe that it was much more than that. It was really a secret nefarious yeah. government plot and to bring us into war and all that. And so the, the, the problem is that I know as a reporter that conspiracies exist and I know that sometimes governments work against our own best interests and we saw that in the lies over vietnam in terms of the body counts that were given Mm -hmm. we saw it in watergate we saw it in iran contra and those but it doesn't mean that it happens every time and occasionally you you have to be you know i didn't have my mind made up when i started this project and i told you before that i leaned to thinking it was the mafia but the great thing is you have to follow the evidence so when i came to this conclusion i remember sitting down with my publisher random house about a year before the book came out, maybe nine months, and saying, by the way, I think you can say in this book who killed Kennedy, because that wasn't the original purpose to name it. And and they said, who? And I said, Oswald. And there was literally a moment of silence around the table, and the, the chief editor, editor-in-chief Harry Evans said, and who? And I said, just Oswald. They thought I had lost my mind, that I had gone off and read the Warren Commission and come back, and that was it, because they we're hoping that I'd come back with, here's the absolute evidence that you cannot deny of a conspiracy that points to X, Y, and Z. As a reporter, as a writer, you always want to come back with the most sensational story, sure. but you can't if that's not what the evidence shows. So sometimes you come back with a story that doesn't have the big home run conclusion. What we underestimated, we meaning myself and the publisher, and this was back in 93 on the 30th anniversary of the assassination, was that saying it was Oswald alone had become the most controversial position. People thought you, they said, what? That's like saying you just landed on the moon or that. They they were ready to hear it was a conspiracy. But when somebody serious came forward and said, I think it's Oswald, they would say, you've got to be kidding. And then, you know, you had to go back and explain why. And the why actually leads you to why, why it happened. Yeah, right. And then you can move the goalposts again, right? Ballistics, Lee Harvey, Jack Ruby will now... It's very clear that you are a CIA plant, right? And this book is That's a whole right. disinformation. The jig's up. I got gotcha. you. So, you know, I have to tell you something, uh, which was really remarkable. I really underestimated this. And Trisha, my wife, works with me on these. Um, we've done books. We had done books before that on the Chinese syndicates, triads, and the heroin business. have done books since on 9-11, political and other stuff. Never... You know, we received like nasty uh, emails or nasty mail and all that, but never received physical threats in which a police file had to be opened up until I did a book in which I said Oswald alone killed Kennedy. Really? There were people who went ballistic on it. Uh, we were assaulted on the street. I had a problem with assault at the airport at one point, got a dead rat's tail sent to the mail, got dead fish sent. Um, the because, And I didn't realize why until later. If you truly believe in your heart, that the president was killed as part of this massive government plot, secret murder, and it's worked because almost 60 years later, no one's really found out how it happened. So they got away with almost the perfect crime. And then some guy like me, some Johnny come lately, comes along 30 years after the assassination, writes a book called Case Closed, and the mainstream press loves it. It was a finalist for the Pulitzer, and it gets a lot of attention. That must mean that's part of the conspiracy. Absolutely. The government has gone back to get some new guy to come forward and write a book that says it's Oswald, so I must be a CIA agent or some such thing. 
and people therefore think I'm part of the murder plot. And boy, I'll tell you, it was wild. Um, I now, when I say I understand it, I certainly don't approve of it. But I understand how some people get very exercised about that. It's remarkable to see. Yeah. And man, and then I'm having you on my podcast. Clearly, I'm part of it, too. That, well, you've just been duped. Oh, my God. that that mm-hmm. They got me. <laughs> you know, they, mm-hmm. all along, the sign was right here. You could have tell. But, yeah, I got you for five or six more minutes. Well, I'll say, yeah, so Jack Ruby, that's another one where you have to go in and you have to look at this guy's history is – this guy is like, he kind of, I don't know if you've ever seen Anchorman, the movie, but he reminds me of Champ Kine in the, in the movie. If anyone's seen it, they'll know. But, I mean, just this, it's almost what you, today you would call virtue signaling, right? That's what I got out of it. It's like, this is the equivalent of, like, changing your Facebook profile picture after a shooting. Like, you're not going to do anything, but you're just like, you know, Boston Strong or, like, Paris. And, like, hey, not to, not to belittle these, like, these mass shootings, but, I mean, come on. Like, you're doing that because you're, like... You know, you're a young guy and you're going out with a bunch of uh, you're going out with a bunch of progressive girls and you're like, I changed my profile picture. Like, you want to get a drink? Like, that's what Lee, that's what Jack Ruby was doing, right? Just going up to everyone, just you know, hello, sir. Can I, how can I help you? Would you like a sandwich? Can you believe they killed the president? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, can you? Oh, just calling a girlfriend you hadn't talked to in eleven years. Hey, how you doing, Jack? Is this? Can you believe they killed that? Oh, that poor family. It's like this dude is just milking it. The, absolutely. And, and once you know Ruby, where do you expect him to be on Friday night when the assassination taking place? Right where he was, City Hall, where all the, uh, down at the police station, where all the yep. press from all the world yep. is handing out his business card and saying, by the way, when this is all over, be sure to stop by the Come carousel. Place. Um, yeah, my place. Now, what was really amazing to me about Ruby is, and this is the part that's so difficult for people to get. There's two parts. First, with Oswald, I don't think Oswald's assassination attempt was a suicide mission. So what I mean by that is, if on that day, let's say his co-workers hadn't left him on the sixth floor, they'd stayed up there to have lunch, he wasn't gonna take the rifle out and take a shot at Kennedy. If when he got into the window, there were secret service agents posted at the building across from there looking right toward him, he wasn't gonna shoot the president. So the assassination has to break right for him. It's almost like if it's right, he's gonna do it. And for Ruby, on that Sunday when yep. he kills Oswald, he doesn't go downtown to send that moneygram to one of his strippers who needs it. If they haven't delayed transferring Oswald because he asked for a change of clothes and some postal inspector had shown up to interview him and that delayed him leaving. When Ruby walks back down the street and gets that opportunity to go back into the jail by down that ramp, it's literally that timing of fate where the two cross paths, Ruby sees him, sees that what looks like that smirk on Oswald's mm-hmm. face and pulls out the gun and shoots him. But I will tell you that it's not planned in the sense that Ruby's looking to no. get down there. And he's looking at his watch and thinking, oh my God, I better get this money gram off because I've got to kill this guy because I've got an assignment from the Chicago mob and I'm running late. It just doesn't happen that way. Yeah, and and Ruby himself is, you know, I would say the only person left... The, Behind Oswald, the craziest person in Dallas that day was Ruby. This guy's nuts. Yeah, absolutely. It's so interesting that he thinks of it sort of as a uh, a plot against Jews. You know, the original yeah. posters that were posted yeah. against Kennedy. By the time that he's in jail, he thinks that. And so, you know, people often say, well, Jack Ruby was saying that he thought there was a conspiracy behind the assassination. I say, yeah, you have to listen to that conspiracy. It's pretty far out there. Yeah. 
And I would say the biggest one is, again, just like a kind of, it may seem like a, an obscure fact, but I mean, this dude loved his dogs. He was a dog person. He was a dog parent, you know, my fur babies. Like, hey, like everyone, yeah, you know, my dog, I put him down this year. But I mean, I, I, he, I was my dog's dad, right? This dude was a dog nut. He never left his dogs in the car. And he was downtown and just so happened to get out. And that's when he went and killed Oswald. But he left his dog in the car. To anyone else, it might not seem it. But imagine everyone listening, those dog nut friends you have, who I, I get it. I mean, I love dogs too. You're leaving the dog in the car. Imagine if you had a friend that decided to leave the dog in the car one day. You'd be like, what the hell? When do See? they do that, right? Yeah, it's so interesting you say that because, and you know, so it's all cumulative, it all adds up in the personality characteristic to explain why something happens. You look at that about the dog, yeah, Loshiba, as, as he calls, leaves them in, these two dachshunds that he has inside his car, and that's another factor. Now, if you say that on your own to somebody, let me tell you why we know that Ruby was doing this on his own and didn't plan it, and you talk about the dogs, they just think, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. You need to see it in the whole context of Ruby and how he acts that weekend. And then that's an additional factor, yeah. as you would say, another nail in the coffin yeah. as to how it happened. Yeah. And I would say the, I, and I would say another, a huge nail that's more of an, an ongoing thing. It's just like you have the, and I know I got to let you go in a minute, just like you have that whole history of Oswald and you just see how obscure, just weird he is, is also how Ruby's hair trigger temper. I mean, his whole yeah. life was just, even as a kid, I mean, they called him Sparky because he just lost his temper and just beat up people. And then immediately after be like, oh, I'm sorry, I lost my cool. That's what this guy did. And then he's he thinks JFK is the best guy ever. Maybe he idolizes him because of his successes as opposed to, as opposed to Ruby's failures. Then he, he sees the guy that killed him and he's just. Uh, but And I also think that just in wrapping up on this, sure. I don't think Ruby thought he did. I mean, he knew he was doing something wrong, but not wrong in Jack Ruby's world. No. That guy had killed the president of the United States. He had ruined the reputation of Dallas. And in Jack Ruby's world, it's street justice. He yep. was going to meet it out. And I think Ruby expected people almost to pat him on the Absolutely. back and, and saying, you know what? Good job, Jack. Yeah. You did it. And there was a law in Dallas then in Texas called murder without malice, maximum five years in prison. That's what he thought he would do. Max five years in prison, of course, didn't turn out like that at all. But um, I didn't think Ruby thought he was going to serve big time. He'd be something of a hero. Yeah, absolutely. Just like Lee Harvey thought he would get a big press pool response when he came back to America. They were both delusional. And sometimes <laughs> sometimes it's the unsexy truth that 19 guys with, with box cutters can take down a trillion-dollar defense net. Sometimes right. it just happens. But – I'm at 1230 and I said I wouldn't keep you any longer. Thank you. Your book that I'm that I'm going to do next, and obviously I'm just assuming I'm going to have you on again, is it's America Slept, right? While America yeah, Slept? Yeah, Why America Slept. The, uh, the, we'll get back to the uh, the 20 hijackers. Yeah. But that's All not right. that's not on Audible, and I'm, right. I'm very upset about that, Mr. Posner. Yeah, I know. We've got to get that in Audible. Yeah. I, I can't believe all these years later it's not. Okay. Uh, but it's a small book. Don't worry. Okay, it's okay. All right. Okay. Well, I'll send Thank you. I'll send you an email, man. Thank you so much. Case closed in the description right. in the top comment. Awesome book. Take care. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks, Tommy. Bye bye. You as well. Bye.